Good morning, everybody. It is good to be back. I've been gone for a couple of weeks, and uh, I don't know if you're like me. It just doesn't feel right when I'm not here for a couple of weeks. Um, this is uh, this is home, you know. Um, so I'm I'm glad to be back. Uh, uh, Dave uh, is at Trinity this morning. Um, their pastor is on sabbatical, and Dave has uh, gotten a chance to to preach there this morning. So that's where he is this morning. But uh, we're here, and I'm excited to to share with you what God has been talking to me about this week in Romans 15, uh, 6. But I want to read those three verses to us again that I read a bit earlier that kind of serve as the, the focal point of the the last couple of weeks, and this week and, and next week we'll be concluding our series. But uh, Romans fifteen five through 7, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, and here's our verse today, verse 6, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Uh, glory of God seems to be showing up there a lot. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that as we go, but I want to kind of split this verse into to two pieces Verse 6, the first one is, together you may with one voice. What does that mean, together you may with one voice? Let's spend a little bit of time thinking about that. I know Dave spent some time last week talking about the idea of of being one and being together, but uh, I want to examine this word together a bit deeply. Uh, The two most widely used metaphors in Scripture about the church, and that's what this is talking about, the two most widely used metaphors about the church are, are family and body. Um, and we're connected with Christ, and we are connected as a church, as a body, and as a family. And so the, the two notions that, that kind of come from there are that we're, um, we're interdependent, we're not meant to be alone, the church is God's design to be together. So as you think about the, the family, and don't think about like a, a dysfunctional family, which all of ours are, uh, but think about the perfect family, reliant upon one another. Everybody's got a role. Everybody's got a purpose. Everybody, there's, there's love that surrounds and there's ties that bind and, and the, the depth that, that's there in the family. That's, that's the way the church was intended to be. The church was intended to live in that sort of unity and harmony. In the same way with, with body. You guys probably remember other scriptures that talk about the body and how we're, we are, God uses the metaphor of, of the church being the body of Christ and uh, Everybody needs fingers and arms and legs and toes and hearts and lungs and blood and all those things work together to create the body. And that's who we were meant to be. So this, this idea of together with one voice. Um, but let's do a, a little bit more. What makes us up as people that are together? And um, there are two things that we all have in common. Two things we all have in common. First is we all share, every person who's ever taken a breath has the Imago Dei, the image of God. Imago Dei is, is uh, that phrase. We are created in the image of God and bear that image as reflections of his perfection. We're created in the image of God and bear that image as reflections of his perfection. I want you to, to just stop for a second and, and, and consider that idea that you and the person that's sitting next to you and everyone who has ever taken a breath in this world was created in the image of God. And usually we talk about that notion 
for the concept and the idea that everyone has a a value, an inherent value in who they are because they were created in the image of God. And, And we are commanded to be kind and loving and gentle and nurturing to one another because every person that we encounter bears the image of God. But I want, I want to press through that idea and, and bring this notion to us that, that we are together as one body to glorify God and every single person here and every single person that you will ever meet bears the image of God. Uh, C.S. Lewis says this, there are no ordinary people. You have never met a mere mortal. That's pretty can count on old Clive Staples to bring you something deep. Um, you've never met a mere mortal. We think about that idea of, of, uh, that, that we're just flesh and blood, but, but because of the image of God, because we are all created with the image of God, every single one of us has that in common. Um, so there's never been a person to take a breath that you don't have something really deeply and really important in common with. We share the image of God. Um, You're more than flesh and blood. um, And at the baseline of every one of us is the image of God. And more than that, rejection of people is a rejection of the image of God. Um, And in our culture, there, like, I think we're, like, there is a, there's an overwhelming sense that we are, we want to push people away that don't act like us or think like us or behave like us. We want to push away people. And, and we gather in churches that believe very similar to us, and we push away churches that believe different than us. Or, or more than that, we push away people that believe politically different than we do. Or we push away people that have different skin colors than we do. We push away people that, have, that, that want to kill us. That, and, and we think of ISIS, and we want to push them away, but every single person that's ever breath, taken a breath is made in the image of God. Um, and because of that, you and I are reflections or shadows of the glorious image of God. Do you, do you see yourself that way, as a reflection of the glorious image of God? All the stuff that we just sang about God, all the stuff that we've ever saying about God, all the stuff that appears in the songs about the beauty of who God is, that's, that's imprinted in the very fabric of who you are. I need you to know that. As we think about being together as one, every single one of us shares that deepest fabric of who we are, the Imago Dei. But the second thing that we have, we all share in common, is we all have a fallen nature. We are all sinners in need of of a savior. Um, so the Imago Dei is, is tainted and broken and lost something because of our fallen nature. Romans 3 is one of my favorite passages to, to highlight this idea. Romans 3 says we have the venom of asps on our lips. And asp is a, is a, a dreadful, poisonous creature that it's, it's, it doesn't need to bite you to get its venom into you. It's, it's the, the depth of its poison is profound. And, and the venom of ass, Paul says in Romans 3, is on our lips before Christ. Our fallen nature brings us to us. Like disease comes from us. It says our mouths are as open graves. 
There's disease in an open grave that, that, will, that can, can bring illness and sickness and, and death to those around it. Our mouths are as open graves before Christ. This is the, the heartbeat of, of what it means to have a fallen nature. It also says in Romans 3 that in our paths are ruin and misery. And that path is our intended place. When we get up and walk out of here today, our path is going to be that, those two double doors in the back. So that's the, the idea. That's our, our intended destination is path. Romans 3 says, in our paths are ruin and misery. So our fallen nature, who we are, who all of us are, who we, what we share together with one another, not just the Imago Dei, but our fallen nature, says that our intended destination is ruin and misery. And this is what we all share together. And like, does that... Does that change the way that we see people? It, it probably should change the way that, that we see people. If that's true of us, it's, and it's true of the people next to us, don't we need to have some, some grace and tenderness and mercy when they are acting like who they are? And this is the call for us is to be one together, to understand that every person that we have ever encountered bears those two things in common. They have the imago Dei. They are better than their wrong beliefs and their wrong behavior should make them because of the imago Dei. And we are worse than our right beliefs or our right behavior should make us because of our fallen nature. And together, they make up who we are. Um, Psalm 51 also teaches us that we were conceived and born as sinners. Um, this fact is true. Evil exists in the world. Things die. Things get diseased. There's war. There's famine. There's drought. There's fighting. There's selfishness. There's perversion of good. Jealousy, rage, deceit. All of these things are true in us all the time because of our, our fallen nature. And this is, uh, I had a conversation with a, a guy that I work with in the insurance office last week, and he came in talking about the Orlando shooting, and, and he's like, I want to get your, your take as a, as a pastor on, on this Orlando shooting. What, 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 do you, what do you make of this? And this is a guy who's probably 70 years old and very devout in his atheism, and, and, but he, he, he wants to hear and wants to learn. And, and I said, it's, there's just evil that's present in the world, always. There's evil that's present in us. And, and after some conversation, we got to this. You guys, are, if you've been around me much, you've probably heard me say this, that we are all capable of immense evil given the wrong set of circumstances. Given the wrong set of circumstances, make an attack on one of my children. Evil is going to come out of me. I'm going to, you're going to, if you attack one of my children, you're going to suffer before they do. Given the wrong, make me hungry. Make my children hungry. Make me start, take away my house. Take away my ability to provide for my family. I'm likely going to steal food for my kids to eat. And on the surface, that doesn't sound evil, but, but it's, it's against God's command to steal. Given the wrong set of circumstances, we are all capable of, of grotesque evil. And when we sit in judgment of other people who have given into that evil, who have been given wrong sets of circumstances that lead them to this evil, we're, 
disavowing the, the image of God that's in there, and we're dis- misunderstanding the fallen nature that's in every single one of us. Every one of us have this Imago Dei, and every one of us have a propensity to evil because of the fallen nature. Ruin and misery are in our paths. Ruin and misery is in your path. But Jesus. But Jesus. Um, ultimately, it gets down to this. Those two things together make us and allow us to say this one statement. We are created in the image of God and bear that image as reflections of his perfection. And we are sinners in need of a savior. And as Christians, we proclaim that we've found and met that need in Christ, in Christ alone. He is the foundation from which all of our life flows and comes from. And that's the point of the church. That's the foundational mission of every church is to make that proclamation. That there's the Imago Dei in each of us. There's a fallen nature in each of us. And the only way to redeem that fallen nature is Christ alone. And we'll get there further as, as we walk along. So the second part of this verse is to glorify God. Together you may with, with one voice, glorifying the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What this, this phrase, glorify, shows up a lot in Scripture and shows up a lot in Romans 15. What, is it, what does it mean? Um, I want to spend a few minutes thinking about that. First, John Piper says this about glorifying. Glorifying means feeling and thinking and acting in ways that reflect His greatness. I'll give you a second to think about that. Glorifying means feeling and thinking and acting in ways that reflect His greatness. In other words, sort of tapping into that Imago Dei that's in each of us. That make much of God, that give evidence of the supreme greatness of all His attributes and the all-satisfying beauty of His manifold perfections. John causes us to need to think deeply. So let's uh, reread this second half of that. That make much of God and give evidence of the supreme greatness of all his attributes and the all-satisfying beauty of his manifold perfections. Do you realize this? That there is, we have deep longings and cravings that we have in us to be satisfied. And the only thing that's ever been in this world that has the ability to completely and totally 100% satisfy every single one of those longings is Christ. We have opportunities to engage with, with beautiful friendships that bring us glimpses of that beauty because the Imago Dei is in your friends. You can see reflections of that glory. And we get to see beauty in, in our creation. We get to behold Things like the Grand Canyon or, or things like the Rocky Mountains that, that are reflections of his glory. We get to see and, and a little bit of, of our cravings, longings to see beauty and engage with beauty are, are met for, for a brief fleeting moment. But for those things, that, as, as Piper says, the all-satisfying beauty of his manifold perfections, what we crave, what we long for. Have you ever longed for like 
a, a, a meal? Have you ever longed for, for time with your spouse? Have you ever longed for time with your friends? Have you ever longed for time away from work? Have you ever longed for, what have you longed for? Those things are in you, and every single one of them will find its perfection and its satisfaction, its perfect satisfaction in Christ alone. But other than that, it, we, we see reflections and shadows of that. Our oneness is a thing that brings glory to who he is. Um, more about glory. Cooper got a new pair of shoes this week. Um, and uh, he's, he's back there with them on. You can see him after the service. They're bright and shiny and, and very 4th of July festive. Uh, red, white, and blue. Um, but he's been begging Jen and I for, what, a couple of months for us to, to, to get them for him. They were his birthday present. His birthday was in March. Sorry. Um, so he's been showing us them online, and, and, and when, he, when you see them online, there's like five different angles that you can see them from. You can see the sole, the front, the back, the up, the down, and, and the different ways you can kind of be creative and, and, and making them not like every other shoe like this one. And this week they, came, they finally came in the mail, and I came home from work, and there's like a, a reflection in the window. So I can see Cooper in the window, and he's pounding on the window, pounding on the window. But I can just kind of barely make it out that it's Cooper, and he's got something in his hand. And I don't know what it is that he's got in his hand because of the glare and reflection on the window. And I get there, and he runs around to the front door, and he shows me his shoes. He's so excited, so proud of his shoes. And I realize that I'm going to have to sit down and engage with how wonderful these shoes are. I can't say, yeah, buddy, that's great, and then move on, you know, unpack my stuff and change my clothes or whatever. I've got to engage with how wonderful these shoes are. So he's telling me about how great these shoes are. The, like the back of them has this really firm heel protection, and, and the sole has, actually has a swoosh on the sole, and um, all the different colors. That, and like he's so excited and, and couldn't wait to show these to me. And that's a beautiful illustration and a great picture of what it means to glorify. Cooper's glorifying his shoes. Um, have you guys... Uh, um, one of the things for me that I glorify is uh, some TV shows that I really like. There's one in particular, like a, a great show. You ever, you ever guys ever seen a, a show called Breaking Bad? Maybe you've heard of it, perhaps? Um, beautifully written, beautifully acted, and more than that, beautifully shot show. Okay, so Breaking Bad... And this is my this is my commercial for Breaking Bad here. Um, it's 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 about the good and evil that's present in us, and, and what I was just talking about. We're, given the wrong set of circumstances, we are all capable of of great evil, and and that's sort of what the show from from the beginning to the end, what it's it's trying to the, the thing that it's trying to say, and all throughout this the series, when you see a, an image of of Walt. There are a lot of times, maybe half the time that he's on screen, they have manipulated the lighting to, to show, maybe you guys can remember this, where like half of his face is in the dark, literally, so it's, it's dark, you can barely make it out, and half of his face is in the light. And I, I think that like the show has those shots to, to create this imagery in us to, to allow our mind to see, like it's, it's, it's very subtle and you have to look for it to, to see these, this light versus dark imagery that's throughout the entire series. Every shot that's there is, is proclaiming this light versus dark metaphor that's throughout here. And so 
Every time I get a chance, I say, you need to see this and, and don't just watch it for the story. I mean, it's, it's a terrible story about a guy who does awful, terrible things. But what's being told in the story is, is a beautiful story. And um, so I often want to, hey, man, have you seen Breaking, you see the latest Breaking Bad? Have you seen, you guys need to, need to watch this show. Um, I also do this thing uh, when Jen and I go, go on a date and, and go out to dinner and we like, we like really good burgers. Like, that's a, a good thing for us. Like, we, we're, let's go find a good burger. And there's times where we'll be sitting there thinking, man, we, we need to bring, this is, this is incredible. We, we need to bring the Hammonds to here. We, we, need, to, we need to double date with the Brockmeyers. We need to, to invite the, the Waltons to come. And, and this is such a good burger. This is so great. We need to, and, and so as we're interacting with the food, we think to ourselves, we need to, who, who, who would really enjoy this? Let, let's go talk to them. And, and the heart of, of all of that, of, of Cooper and, and his shoes and, and me and, and good TV and, and, and eating food is, and wanting other people to in, engage and enjoy these beautiful things that life has to offer, that's at the heart of, of who we are. When, when God calls us to bring glory to things, we were created to bring glory to things. Do you know that? You were created to bring glory to things. So when I tell you about what a great show Breaking Bad is, I'm being, that's the Imago Dei coming out of me. Look at this great thing that I found. You need to watch it with me. You need to engage it with me. There is a, there's a, a bust of the Apostle John at the St. Louis Art Museum. And one day I sat and looked at it for like 30 minutes. I never thought, like, I'm not an artistic guy at all. I never thought I could sit and look at a piece of art for, hey, yeah, it's a painting. Awesome. What's next? Um, and I, I saw this thing the first time when I was there on a, a field trip with one of my kids, and I, I just I couldn't, I couldn't walk away from it. And it's, so there's, like, this little plaque below it that, like, the, the original sculptor of this bust, his intent and his purpose was to create lines the, like his, his sight is downward and like his mouth is shaped downward and like the lines beneath his eyes are pointing downward. And the idea was this is John, the Apostle John, at the, the foot of the cross as Christ has died. And the concept is that every, every bit of him has been soured and every bit of him is now discouraged and heartbroken and, and his, his, his demeanor is facing down. And, and I, I was looking for other different pieces of, of who he is to, to be pointed downward and, and to, to think about that. And so what I, I, like, I get my phone out and I text Travis, the, the artist in our church, and like, this is incredible. I, I took a picture of it and sent it to him. You need to, you need to come to the art museum and, and see the beauty of this. And as we do that, we're, we are engaging with this heartbeat of us that's our desire, our purpose is to bring glory to things. Um, and here, Verse 6, together with one voice, you might glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that when we engage with one another, when we participate in life, when we see the Imago Dei, when we see the fallen nature, and we see the oneness that all that we are together, that brings glory to God. That's like Cooper tapping on the window. That's like me talking about Breaking Bad or the, the bust of, of the Apostle John or, or talking to friends about this great new restaurant that we found. At the heartbeat of us is to bring glory to things. And God's design and God's plan and purpose for the church global and for North Church is to bring glory 
to God. And the truest way for us to do that is to be one. Like, let that sit. The pause is very intentional. The truest way for us as North Church, as people who gather together, the truest way for us to bring glory to God is to be one as Christ is one. The family, the body, all of those metaphors, understanding the imago Dei, understanding the fallen nature, and allowing one another to be fallen, but encouraging one another to tap into the imago Dei. All of those things together are, are why we are here. And when we do that well, we bring glory to God. And that's the purpose of us. And not just bringing glory to God being our purpose, but bringing glory to God is the one thing that you were created to do. To satisfy every longing and hope and peace that you are is to bring glory to God. I want to conclude with uh, just a few notes and thoughts out of Ephesians 1 that are at the heart of this idea to glorify Jesus. This is Jesus glorified in Ephesians 1. It says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him... You have redemption through his blood. And this redemption is, remember, we all have the Imago Dei. We all have the fallen nature. And the death of Christ is redeeming the fallen nature and and bringing us back to the Imago Dei and bringing that back into us and nurturing it, stoking it so that it burns into a big, bright flame, the Imago Dei. That's the the purpose of Christ in his, his death and his resurrection. And we have Forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. His grace, there's, in James 4, it says there's always more grace. No matter the evil that's present in you, no matter how much you give in to the evil that's present in you, there's always more grace. There's always more grace. And when we gather as a church together, this oneness, this purpose of us being together so that we can proclaim that message to one another, there's always more grace. Jesus' death is enough for all of the evil that's in you, all the evil that's ever going to be in you. Jesus' death and his resurrection and his grace is enough to cover that, to redeem your fallen nature and bring out the Imago Dei in you. And we gather together to bring glory to that sort of glory to Christ. That's our purpose. It's massive for us to remind one another there's always more grace. And according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. Lavished is a really cool word, right? He's lavished. It's more than to, to lavish something is to give more than is needed. Jesus has given you more grace than you'll need. That's good news. Jesus has given you more grace than you'll need because you are capable of evil to an extent that you don't even imagine. The depth of your, of your capacity to do and be evil is greater than you can imagine. But it's not greater than the grace that Christ has given to you. And that's really good news. Verse 12 of Ephesians 1. So that we who were the first 
to hope in Christ Jesus might be to the praise of his glory. Your redemption, the grace that God has given to you, is not meant to end with you. Why, why has God given that to you? The answer is verse 12. He has given it to you so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Just like Cooper's Shoes and the restaurants and the art museum and, and Breaking Bad are... I am to the praise of that glory. We are to the praise of his glorious grace. Do you know that the most, and God has commanded us to bring glory to him. And I've heard people critique that about God. How egomaniacal must God be to command you to bring him glory. Hey, if we ran into that guy in this earth, in this world, hey man, tell me how cool I am. Look at, look at how beautiful I am. Man, I got these new shoes. Aren't they incredible? Aren't I great? I am really good at this. Watch me do this. Like you don't want to be near that guy, right? I don't like that guy at all. And now this is God saying those same things. Look at how beautiful I am. Look at how wonderful I am. Look what I can do. This is what God is saying all throughout the scripture. Look at me. But the difference is that he truly is beautiful. The only way for your heart to be completely and totally satisfied is to look at God and see his grace and understand it and think deeply about it. So the, the most loving thing that God could ever do is to command you to look at him. If you truly were the most beautiful human being on the planet, one of the most loving things you could do was to tell people to look at you. But there's only one, and that's Christ. The greatest and most loving thing God could ever do is command you to behold his glory. I want to read. Actually, let's, let's stand if we could for a second. And I, I, want, to, I want to read this thing together. Um, this is basically the summary of all that we've said. And, and I want us to read it together because I want it to, to engage the depth of this together. So let's read this together. God's plan and purpose of the church is to use the Imago Dei and fallen nature that is in every one of us and redeem that Imago Dei from the fallen nature to show the world around us the all-fulfilling life and wonder-inspiring beauty that is found in Christ alone. Let me pray for us and remain standing because we're going to sing Christ alone in just a second. God, thank you so much for redeeming us. God, thank you so much for showing us the path to all satisfying, wonder-inspiring beauty in your son Jesus. Thank you for stoking in us the Imago Dei. Thank you for redeeming our fallen natures so that we might participate with your beauty. God, I pray that you would remind us all that that truth that's happened inside of us 
is the most glorifying thing in the world. And may we draw attention to that. Because God, you have drawn us together, these people in this time, in this place, to bring glory to yourself. We are to the praise of your glorious grace. God, burn that into our heads that that our existence is to the praise of your glorious grace. Thank you so much for Christ in his life, in his death, and his resurrection. It's in his name that I pray. Amen.